Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sessions in Life. And as you can see, uh, our co-host Josh isn't here today, but we have our really, really close and good friend, uh, Pastor Jeremy Taylor, Pastor of Level Up Church in Henderson, Kentucky, is actually here to, uh, as well as you know, this is our act. Uh, this is actually our last episode mm. on uh, on holiness, and it's mm. typically you know we have a guest come on and share on how the topic at hand has impacted their life. So uh, Pastor Taylor is here to share with us how holiness has impacted his life. Now, if you guys remember, in every episode preceding, we basically defined holiness basically not just as being separate from mm -hmm. but being set apart for mm. you know um, you know we talked um, in previous episodes we talked about the idea that typically when christians you know when we talk about holiness what immediately comes to mind is um you know abstaining from sin or resisting temptation which is an accurate definition but it's incomplete mm -hmm. in the sense that you know when we think about holiness in regards to sin it's you know it's the set apart from mm -hmm. but we net but we rarely address the set apart for right set apart from sin but set apart unto the lord you know so the other aspect of holiness as in hey one of the you know the primary reason I'm removing myself from this way of mm -hmm. life is so that I may now live for God in mm -hmm. this way of life. You know, so we you know we talked about the power of yeah. holiness. We discussed um, the nature of holiness. We uh, last week we discussed engaging in holiness, and I must say this week I'm really really happy that you're here, Jeremy, to share <laughs> with us on how holiness has impacted your life. Now. Um, well, I'll go into that later. But okay. yeah, so so for you, when you hear, you know, when someone asks you that question, um, how has holiness impacted your life? Um, what you know, what what comes to mind, or, or what would be the what would be one of the first things you would actually um, share? True to um, the history of our relationship and how we've gone about doing podcasts and interviews, you've always wanted people to um, hear the process as you work through. As you work through, exactly, yeah. And so I, I must admit that there's a process that I have to work through yeah. because of the denomination that I came out of, okay, which yeah. is Church of God in Christ. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of pros to it. But um, on the other side of that, like anything in life, there's cons. And so you hear holiness and I can um, definitively say it is a buzzword. A red flag goes up you know, that's interesting. at first right. because right. of um, it was more so set apart from. We never made the transition to set apart for. for right. And so um, thankfully you go through life and you become a Christian, and you realize it's more to it than this. Yeah. But getting to a point to where someone makes you aware that it doesn't just stop with the set apart for, that it's not just this disconnect from everything you once knew. Yeah, right. The people, the places you went, the engagements you take, um, time you spend in place. So you're literally leaving everything that you once knew. Yes. Yeah. And no one is necessarily saying, well, you're set aside for, um, well, the majority aren't saying you're set aside for. I think it's really an unspoken rule for those who have been in it. They get that they've been set aside for, but 
because they've been in it so long, I believe that they perhaps just they it. just, yeah, they it's don't know that you lie. need to be told that. Yeah. And so initially when I, I hear it, uh, there's this tension and then you kind of, um, now that I've, I have the knowledge that I do, um, when I hear holiness, um, I begin to think about, you know, purity, obviously, um, integrity, commitment, um, the disciplines to being a Christian, and then realizing that on the flip side of that is the beauty of what God wants to do through you to impact whatever situation you find yourself in. And I say that in the instance of um, with my life being in line, I have more to stand on and I can hear more clearly what God would have for me to share with someone, um, where he would have for me to go. Um, And then I can almost discern um, in a room what needs to be um, discussed or um, my presence, whether that's just sitting in silence or speaking up and having something to say because everyone may be looking for someone to say something. Something, yeah. And so um, that holiness, um, it's it's extremely broad, but I think sometimes we narrow it. Yes. Yeah. And and we paint this this uh, tunnel vision view. Um, as opposed to realizing all the facets that are connected to holiness, yeah. because in your holiness opens a, a mirage, a variety of things yes. that God can yeah. use you for. Um, you look, Job is a perfect example of someone who was holy, and his life impacts all of us as believers whenever yeah. we are faced with trouble. We all can go to Job and say, man, nobody had it like him. Like him but right. he was a man. Um, Noah, he was righteous. Not that he was perfect. Yeah. But he was standing out in a generation where sin was just rampant. And him and his family get to go into the boat and, and replenish yeah. the world. You know. And so um, whenever you have the right perspective and you look at it from that lens, you see my holiness. Um, yeah, I am set aside, but I'm set up for and this job or this role that God has me playing, it is really vast. Yeah. So, you know, as as, has, as it has to do with that, um, you know, the aspect of holiness where uh, we talk about being set apart from, mm-hmm. right? Since that's, you know, we just we just happen to sit on that a lot. I know that um, I know I've struggled with this and I know I think just about every Christian struggles with this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, walk us through your experience of, you know, especially being in full-time ministry, mm-hmm. what is it like when you are not, um, or if you've had that experience where you are not living up to the set-apart-from standard, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whether it's a standard that you've set for yourself, whether it's a church culture standard, or whether it's what you believe to be the biblical standard, where you feel like, you know, where you're going through a season on experience where you feel like, or where you, you know, where you're like, I'm not living up to this standard of holiness and purity mm-hmm. that I sh- that that I expect of myself or that I believe scripture expects of me mm-hmm. how do you process that you know how do you come through those seasons or even uh, how do you even survive yeah. those seasons because I know a lot of us struggle with that mm-hmm. when we feel like hey you know I'm not living up to 
what Jesus expects of me or mm-hmm. what I understand scripture to be showing that Jesus expects of me this you know there's a lot of condemnation that can come mm-hmm. in there or guilt that come in that comes in there how you know how how do you process that in everyday life for me I'm I'm practical and realistic okay um and I don't judge myself because I have to realize where I am is where God has me okay and I'm careful not to set my own personal expectations because they may not be God's expectation. Okay. Um, and, and given the new mercies, given agape love, um, given grace, um, I allow for those to be administered as needed. Okay. Uh, because now when you say as needed, as needed, because there's sometimes when, I can be so hard on myself that I remove the grace of God. Okay. I I say God has no tolerance for this. And that is a very humanistic perspective because we can be, it's over. I'm done. I cut you off. I cut it off. Right. And that's not how Jesus even dealt with Judas. Right. Judas is here at a table and Jesus is literally handing him bread which is a very loving and affectionate way to say, you're my friend, even right. though go do what you're about to do quickly. And he yeah. didn't tell all the other disciples about it. Yeah. But it's that grace. Peter, I've prayed for you. And so sometimes I have to realize that um, there is this mediator um, who, is, who is sitting on the right side of the Father and and, and showing that this is why I died because he doesn't have all the power to get it right all the time. And so in those moments when it may be a sin of omission and I, I feel, man, you know, what in the world was I thinking? I, yeah. I dropped the ball on that. But then understanding my frailty. Um, uh, but if I'm a, naturally I'm a perfectionist, so I don't want to get anything wrong. Right. So that's where the condemnation for myself, the judgment for myself. And in those seasons when I feel as though I'm not um, getting it all right, it's a season of repentance. It's a time of um, when you're, you're reflecting and you're meditating and, and you're, you're going to God and you're asking, give me the strength that I need because I do feel like a failure because it's a very vulnerable place. Yes, it is. It's a very intimate yes. session that uh-huh. you're having um, where you're almost like Jesus in the garden. You can't wait with me for, you can't pray me for an hour. Yeah. I need, I need everybody I can to, to help me right now. Yeah. And, and, and so that outpour of being um, real enough to say, let this cut pass for me, yeah. you know? And so there are moments in life when you're like, God, I'm all messed up. You know, nobody else really knows because this is my personal relationship with you. I'm like David right now against you and you alone, Lord, have I sinned. So you, you are able, I'm able to process through the lives of those in the Bible who cried out to the Lord. And I understand that's where I'm at right now. Um, And, and God doesn't remove me from what he set me up for. Yeah. But he can see my son has a heart after me because look how he leans on me in yeah. these moments when he's battling with the sin issue, which is coursing through all of our veins and our flesh. And 
since nobody gets it right, there's none righteous, not even one. I don't have a problem embracing that and saying, yeah. this is me, Lord. This is why your son had to come because. I'm weak. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, bro, dude, I, bro, I really appreciate that because I think it's, it's that, you know, that's why I asked you the question as opposed to, as opposed to suggested answer. <laughs> <laughs> because because I feel like you know that it's such it's like this it's it's like it's like threading a needle right mm. it's how do you how do you work out the grace of God yeah. without giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to to walk in sin mm-hmm. right and 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 I so appreciated your answer because you started out with saying well I you know I have to give room to the grace I need. Mm-hmm. But I recognize mm-hmm. um, the season and the necessity yeah. of repentance. Yeah. Yeah. So so I recognize God's grace. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I recognize my weakness, but that does not give me permission mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, to, to sin. But I recognize mm-hmm. um, that I'm weak and but I but because in your in my weakness God's grace is made perfect God's yeah. strength is made perfect yeah. so so I I give room mm-hmm. to fall mm-hmm. at God's feet and say God be merciful to me and I recognize that he is yeah. you know and I I think it's it's just it's it's a really interesting balance because what I've found in my experience is that we have that you know that certain of us have a ten- tendency to fall all out on the grace, which, mm-hmm. on the grace of God, which ultimately ends up in an abuse of grace. Yeah. Right? We yeah. start saying, well, because God is gracious, mm-hmm. I can continue in this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then what we find, and what typically, what typically, what it typically is, is I'm not really even recognizing God's grace. I'm hardening myself to God's grace because God's grace is not just, oh, he gives me mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, in this season, in this yeah. season of struggle or sin, mm-hmm. it's that God's grace is also there to strengthen me yeah. that I might come out of it, yes. right? Um, you know, so, so I'm like, there's that twofold mm-hmm. nature of grace where God is merciful and He doesn't come down on you or anything, but grace also gives you the strength to come yeah. out, right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times when we think about grace, especially in relationship to holiness, mm-hmm. we always speak of it as just, oh, God understands, yeah. He knows my weakness yeah. so it's okay i'm like no it's not okay for you to remain in it mm-hmm. but he does know your weakness I and mean, yeah. you need to be aware of it but also you need to recognize that his grace is there to strengthen and to bring you out so i i, I love the way you touched on that because i think i needed to hear that and a lot of people need to hear that because you know a lot of brothers and sisters we you know we're struggling with stuff and there's this tendency to judge ourselves by mm-hmm. by the culture Mm-hmm. Right um, mm-hmm. by the church culture, you mm-hmm. know, um, there are certain cultural sins, you know, where this sin is not as you know in twenty twenty one. This sin, yeah, is not, you know, is the worst sin. There you go. Even though in twenty uh, in nineteen ninety, it yeah. was still a sin. Yeah. It just wasn't the <laughs> sin, right? Yeah. So it's almost like we have this cultural sins, and now you know, a brother or sister is caught up in the cultural sin of the time, yeah. and they're you know they're measuring themselves by that standard. I'm like, hey, no. Hey, you know, you need to come back to scripture and recognize that this thing is sinful and that mm-hmm. it is wrong, that it's grieving the Holy Spirit, and that God's grace is available to give you mercy, but also to strengthen you, you know, to bring you out. So I, I, I love, um, yeah. I love that you touched on that. Um, the, you know, the scripture that comes to mind that I wanted to share, that I wanted to share while you were speaking was, um, yeah. 
John uh, John 17, uh, starting from verse 14. I'm using the Christian Standard Bible. It says, I have, I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Yeah. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Yeah. Your word yeah. is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them yes, into sir. the world. I, sancti- I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. You know, uh, so that's uh, John 17, 14 through 19. Yeah. I just, you know, I find that I, that prayer is so powerful and so insightful into the nature of holiness because, you know, here Jesus is specifically praying for the apostles, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, and he's saying, hey, you know, Father, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm asking that you keep them in the world. As a matter of fact, I'm sending them into the world. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like Jesus is saying, I am immersing them. I, Jesus, I'm immersing them into the world. Mm-hmm. And yet I want them to be sanctified. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, sanctify them by your truth. There you go. Your word yeah. is the truth. Right. So there's this, there's this mystery of being immersed mm-hmm. in the world. And yet, being kept holy, right? Being kept from it and being made set apart for something else while you're still in the world, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus says the only medium, right? The, the only medium to the medium of sanctification, this, the medium of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the tool yeah. or the power that is able to keep you separate from and separate for, even while immersed in, in this thing, the tool that creates this this state of separation is the word, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that, you know, so how does that play in your life? Like, how do you, you know, how, not just your life, especially as a pastor. So don't just, you know, this, you know yeah, th- yes, this episode speaks to, you know, is where you get to share your personal story. But I love the fact that we have a pastor here because typically what happens is you 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 transition from talking about yourself to ministering to, and say, hey, guys, this is how you do it too. Yeah. And of course, that's, you know, that's that pastor's heart. But so talk, you know, just share with us how does, you know, how has the word played a role, you know, in practical every time? Te- day terms how has the, how has the word mm-hmm. you know played a role in sanctifying you mm-hmm. from the world even while you're in it and then you know being the pastor that you are walk us through how we can live that out ourselves mm. too right it has played a a vital role because anything that i express if I need to, I can give you a text for which I got it from. Right, right, right. And having a solid handle on Scripture, the lives of those in the Bible, and seeing the response that God had while they were going through the process of being in the world, right, being consumed, if you will, with um, constant bombards of sin culture and what the world says is right. But then having to hold on to the word that God gave 
for them as his chosen people, group, or person. Um, so when you get to read that, it gives you an understanding that, okay, here is how God expects for me to conduct myself while I'm here. And I get to see that my life is no different, no matter if it's 1999 or 2021. Yeah. That, that sin that now is, uh, so looked down upon that once wasn't in 1999 doesn't change Change, my perspective because God has always been the same and his expectation, his, his intolerance um, for sin was all taken out on his son. So you see the great lengths he'll go through to kill or dead sin. And so Paul saying, I crucify myself daily. I beat myself into subjection. I'm dying to this. I uh, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound. It shouldn't even enter my mind. So all those scriptures begin to flood you so that you have the walk that you should have in the proper um, ideology, the proper thought press process. And so it allows for you um, to graciously, live out the walk. And then as a pastor, you're not judgmental of people at all because you can empathize with where they're at. And so when the Bible tells me that um, as a shepherd, I'm standing in the gap and praying for the people that he's trusted in my care. Now my heart is so broken, so to speak, with them struggling with sin that I'm coming and I'm making intercession and I am really crying out to the Lord for them to be set free from the bondage and the chains or the shackles or the draw, the enticements, the desires that lead down this path of self-destruction as well as um, condemnation because that does creep in. It easily creeps in. No, God cannot love me if I keep on struggling with this. And so you begin to pray prayers of, Lord, allow them to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and recognize that and not feel condemned. Um, Don't allow the enemy to come and speak to their minds like he did with um, Eve in the garden and trip them up and cause a little bit of truth sprinkled with a lie to deceive them. And so... Um, though that's the process that I go through and then to encourage, um, believers to follow that same mode of operation, you have to deal with the person that's in front of you. Right. If you're a babe, it's going to take a lot more time. If you're new to this, um, it's, it's going to take, I can't give you the same instructions that I could give someone who maybe is 5, 10, 15 years in. Um, uh, Your background, um, did you grow up in the church? What denomination were you? What were some of the things that denomination said that could warp your perspective? Because all of them have a tendency to do that. Um, And so, you know, you develop a personal plan for each individual. Okay. And if it's a couple... I still have to individual but collectively come up with a resolve around the word of God 
And based upon what maybe you're sharing with me, say, this will be a good book for you to read. This will be a good chapter for you to read. Um, I want you to um, chew on this all week long. And next time when we talk, I want to hear your heart on it. Right. And then yeah. if, if you've really um, internalized it, then I can really uh, begin to point out some of those other things that perhaps you missed that you can discern the text that I can discern because I've had training and, and been in school. And so now that text becomes something that they can embrace and hold on to and they can see the grace of God. Yeah. And then they can see that they can see how the word works, how it is really living and active. It's a bomb that heals wounds. And so um, that then gives them an appetite for more of the Bible. And if I can, if I can whet your appetite like that, then it, then the resources that I give you, this is this is a study Bible. This is a commentary. These are some of the yeah. dictionary, Bible dictionary. These are some of the tools you're going to need to continue down this path. And and so then, um, you know, I I know God. He deals with your flock based upon how He deals with you. And so because I am wired in a exegetical or, or line-by-line study, um, a, a very solid understanding of what the Bible is saying in each text. Because I'm wired that way, the people that are under my leadership develop an appetite for that because that's what they're being fed. Yeah, that's what they're seeing. Yeah, yeah. and so because of that, naturally at some point, they subconsciously begin to pick up on it. Pastor, how do I get to that point? And so it is this desire, this longing, um, and that I believe that's for every individual flock. Some churches, they are wonderful with love. I mean, you go there, you're like, man, this is a church where, man, the love of God is just here. Yeah. yeah. And so um, you're seeing a flock that is great with love. And, and you're like, I wish my church would get love like, like this. That. But <laughs> but that's because of that leader's their call, the, call yeah. um, the vision that God gave them. And so um, that that's that's my approach. Yeah. Now, that, now this 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 is probably a podcast for a, for a different day. But, I would, uh, you know, I would say, dude, isn't every church called to to love in such a way that people come in and they're just overwhelmed with the love of Jesus. I know what you mean though, but I just, yeah. I, I had to, put, I just had to, you know, I had to put that out. No, there. you're like, right. Huh. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. Cause you know, you, you have some, you know, you have some pastors who are very, um, they're very, you know, they have a very solid discipline when it comes to, um, preaching and you can tell they're very, you know, exegetical and they're very into expository preaching. So, you know, you start to meet members of that church and they have a tendency to, t you know, to have this very high reverence for scripture and mm -hmm. how they interpret it and how they mm -hmm. explain it. But then you could go to another church where the, the leader is not that he doesn't have a, a um, an appreciation for exegesis of a scripture, but um, his prime, the primary thing that stands about him is that he's very charismatic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you meet members of that church and you tend to see that they also have, an, you know, they may have an appreciation for scripture, but they tend to be very passionate, mm -hmm. charismatic people too. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, 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 you know, I, I have seen that. Now, um, you know, just, you know, hearing what you're saying, I, you know, it's almost, I feel like it's, so it would be, it, do you think it would be safe to say then that without scripture, without a, a robust, mm -hmm. 
um, scripture study and meditation life, mm. right? That holiness is near impossible. No, like like living out holiness is near impossible. I would say yeah. that because you see in the Bible times where it almost was there, what they had wasn't what we have. Okay, and still it was there. Right. I mean, because God still, when you have a relationship with him, he still speaks to you. Okay. And the Bible even says that I've written my words on the tablet of your heart. heart. There's right. some things that just God has placed in your heart. And that's why there can be um, people that haven't necessarily totally identified with the Christian faith. Um, and, and for them, uh, they have the conviction and and they're doing, doing yeah, somewhat yeah. more in some instances, but it's because that reliance on the spirit of God that's working in them and moving them. Um, I can't think of the term in the Bible um, that the Bible uses uh, for them, but it was it was almost like they were they were in they were in the middle. They were Jews who hadn't come all the way to the side of Christianity, but they were doing everything they knew, um, and they hadn't quite transitioned all the way over. And so I believe those are some of the people that we come in contact with that they may have maybe one scripture that they live okay. by, and that scripture just drives everything they do. And, and, and then over the course of time, they may develop more that or God will send someone to them, uh, much like the man that was in the chariot, the Ethiopian, who's minding his business, right. he's reading the book of Isaiah. And all of a sudden, one of God's chosen comes to him and says, do you even know what you're reading? No, I don't. I, d- d- help I me. I can understand unless, yeah, unless someone helps me. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he gets the help. He's baptized. And then he moves on. Yeah. And he goes back. And, and so the ministry continues on. So there are instances in life where maybe a season, I've had seasons where there's just been one word that just was getting me through in yeah. the beginning of my walk. I, yeah, I was reading the Bible, but I had no clue when I closed it yeah. what I just read. But there was there was this desire in my heart, God, I just, I want to be right in your sight. Sight, I want to live. I want to love everybody the way that Jesus loved everybody. If nothing else, there it is that love. Yeah. And so now I'm walking around and I'm just trying to love everybody. I don't care what it looked like, you know? And, and, and that was the beginning of my walk. Amen. Um, and, and it wasn't until I started maybe witnessing more. Okay. And, Muslims had a lot to say and I had nothing to refute it with. And then I would pray, God, show me where um, the light is for me as a Christian so that if I hear this again, I right. can at least have something to say yeah. back. And and that began to help me get more scriptures, scriptures in me right. uh, because I was being challenged, so to speak, with my faith. Yeah. It was like, no, I mean, you have the wrong belief. Yeah. And that caused me to become more of a student of the Lord, Bible. Right. Uh, but before that, I, you know, if love sums up all these commandments, I'm going I'm, I'm to love. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah, no, so in, in, something I've often said and I believe is it's not the knowledge of the word um, that that is effective. It's 
It's the obedience to the word, right? Mm -hmm. But I can't obey what I don't know. There you go. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I have to study. I have to meditate. I have to, mm -hmm. I, I have to interact mm -hmm. with scripture. I have to read it. Mm -hmm. I have to pray on it. And then I have to live it out. And that it is in the living out of that, of the word of God that I see my sanctification in process, right? Where I see this continuing work of sanctification, mm -hmm. where I see myself, you know, that I'm being progressively and continuously being removed yeah. from this, you know, from this way of leave, living and I'm consistently being brought into this new way yeah. of living. That that happens in that, you know, in that process, that ongoing process yeah. of interacting with scripture, of hearing it and doing mm -hmm. it, where James says, hey, let's not just be hearers of the words, let's be doers of the words. It's in the doing of the word mm -hmm. where there's life. So, you know, so I'm like, if, If, if you've heard all of scripture, if you read scripture every day, but you're not living out scripture, and then you have this one guy who knows one verse, and that one verse he has dedicated his life to living, he's probably more, he's yeah. probably experiencing more of a sanctification dynamic in his life than you are, who mm -hmm. knows more scripture, but's not living out what, um, what you know. So and I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. Um, you know what you said and saying, hey, dude, even if it's just one word or one verse in scripture, I know that there's power in it when I'm living it out and that that, yeah. that scripture that I'm living out has, you know, has this potential yeah. to set me apart from and set me apart for God. So, um, so we've talked a lot, you know, so I think, you know, if, when I think about holiness, you know, especially when uh, Paul speaks in uh, Romans uh, 6, 7, and 8 for the most part, right? If we were to think of uh, re, um, holiness in terms of, um, th to think of uh, the, the crucifixion of Christ, mm -hmm. right, as in the death of sin. So if those of us that are crucified in Christ, we are dead from sin, we are set apart from sin. And then we think of the resurrection of Christ as living, you know, Christ coming back to life and living for God. So in Christ's resurrection is our resurrection. We are now living for God. So what does it look like, right? Because we've, we've talked, we've, we basically talked about, hey, um, set apart from. Mm -hmm. So what does the life of living for God, what does holiness within the arena of the resurrected life look like you know we've talked about what it looks like to the crucified life hey here's what it looks like to you know to resist sin and when you fail you know there's grace and everything but what does the resurrected life look like what does what does it look like for a christian to live the resurrected life here today it is like going fishing on a boat in that If you've ever gone fishing, you cast your line into the water and you don't even realize you've drifted. But if, if you pay attention, your line will be far right okay. and you'll okay. be facing and huh. you'll say, I know that I cast straight ahead. But it's that that's what sanctification It's a very slow, methodical movement where now I'm growing in God And I seemingly don't even recognize it, yeah. but it comes out when I'm having conversations with my friends and they're saying, man, you have really grown. Yeah. And, and you're like, really? Tell me more. Oh, right. And it's not even a self-absorbed thing. It's just I didn't realize because I'm so busy just doing 
that I don't see all of this maturity right. that's taking place. And sometimes it is your way of expressing things. Okay. You know, you go from, man, I can't go there. I'm trying to live for the Lord. That's that separateness yeah. to I can go and be strong enough to be here. And now I'm almost a beacon because people bring up things and now I find myself giving insight yeah. on on some of the life challenges at the table. And my friend's like, there was a time that he couldn't even come here because all he was saying was, as a Christian, I can't yes. be here. Yeah. But now he's sitting in, in our presence. And he's bringing life. Yeah. Right. He's the light. He's yeah. the salt. He's, right. And so it's Good. this, it's this, this, it's this freedom of, I've overcome that issue that used to be my sin problem. And now God can trust me to go in because I have the strength to be here. Okay. And now I can saturate this environment. Yeah. I'm not running from anymore, but now I'm running to get those who were once where I was at yeah. and shed light and share the gospel, share the good news and show, look, I've changed. Yeah. You can too. And so I believe that is the process where it becomes, yes, in the beginning I was set aside because I needed to be. Yeah. God had to remove me from all this because there's no way that I could grow from being an alcoholic at the bar. There's no way I could overcome Come, Unless that. I was removed from yeah, that. Yeah, I, I can't be at this party because I yeah. know yeah. at some point I'm going <laughs> to pass me one. Too, right? yeah. Exactly. yeah. But now... I can go celebrate my friend. I remember, you know, because since we're talking about what it looks like in our lives, I, have a, I had a close friend, and he had got engaged. And so he was like, man, Jay, I know uh, you don't like going to these things, man, but I would love to have you come out, you know, to my to my party, man. And he had seen me in the beginning of my walk. Right. So his segue was, man, I know. You're probably not going to show up, but whatever you can, man, just not realizing now I'm strong enough to be there. Yeah. And so when I'm there and I show up, hey, and, and so um, that was one of those things of I moved from the separate to now I can be here um, and have a good time. I can have great conversations. Yeah. Um, I can I can engage and, and I don't feel like, ooh. You know, right. because I've learned, like Jesus, I man, he he hangs out with publicans and sinners, and and so how in the world, you know, he he, he has that? to have right. a demon, like what, you know, no, uh, no one who is sick denies going to a hospital. Yeah. So I realize there's a sickness, and I want to be one that can be there in the state of emergency to help people overcome the sin sick issue that we all have. Right. Um, and because my eyes are open and because I've practiced holiness because of that purity and sanctification and, and the strength of discernment and, and the various gifts that God gives and the Holy spirit bringing things back to your remembrance yeah. and all these things that he's giving you for your tool belt. Now, when I show up, I can pull whatever tool I need given yeah. the situation because I've been spending time with him. With him yeah. um, and so now I'm like, Moses, uh, go preach this message. Let my people go. Yeah. No, I, 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 I really appreciate that. You know, just the way you make that the distinction, because, you know, especially, you know, talking about conversation or being a light. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, when we talk about, you know, when you, when you think about holiness in terms of or in terms of um, being separate from sin, right? Mm-hmm. And we use conversation that's, oh, don't cuss mm-hmm. or, you know, don't insult people. Or, <laughs> But what does, it, what does conversation look like in the sense of being set apart for, mm-hmm. right? It, you know, so now my, it's not so much about not cussing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not so much about what I should not say as it is, what I am saying, mm-hmm. right? So the set apart, this the life that is set as, that is set apart for mm-hmm. is I'm speaking encouragement. Yeah. I'm speaking life. Yeah. Right. I'm empowering people. I'm, you know, I'm literally I'm giving life in my words. Yes. The the set apart from life is I'm staying away. My words are words that stay away. You know, I'm not speaking death. Yeah. I'm not speaking discouragement, yeah. right? But the set apart for is I am speaking, but I'm speaking something that's life-giving. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same with doing it, yeah. right? Hey, to be set apart for means that what I'm doing is radically different from what I was yeah. doing before. I'm now doing good deeds. You know, I'm helping people out. I'm supporting people. I'm volunteering. I'm praying. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm like to pray that, you know, prayer is a very mm-hmm. specific expression of holiness because yeah. it's saying my time is now set apart for God, for worshiping him, for praising him, for interceding for others. So, But I love, you know, I, I love how you use conversation mm-hmm. and being able to go into settings that initially, you know, in your faith you stayed away from because you're like I, you know, I wasn't in a place where I was ready, yeah, um, to be, you know, to be. I wasn't in a place where I was ready to remain there, and God recognizes that, yeah. You know, I think sometimes, you know, I think, you know, I just, I just want to give a caveat, right, mm-hmm. a warning to, you know, some of our listeners because there's always this, you know, there's a pride that can come in. Where to where? Oh well, if he can go into a place like that, I oh, must. Yeah. I must be ready to go into a place like that. I'm like, hey, you know, don't, don't, mm-hmm. d- you know, don't, don't rush it because, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you'll know, you know, the, um, the Lord will let you know. But I think more than anything else, people in your community of faith, you know, will actually, you know, if if you have brothers and sisters saying, hey, um, dude, you shouldn't be going to a place like that. You want to you want to pay attention to your brothers and sisters because yeah. they know you better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You may think they don't, but the Holy Spirit in them mm-hmm. is witnessing to them and you need to pay attention to that witness, you know. So don't don't be in a hurry to go back to places where you recognize um, that you're not. And a lot of times it's not, you know, it's you don't need to go looking, like you didn't yeah. go looking for it. It was a friend yeah. that said to you, hey, could you please, you yeah. know, like so we, we, you don't have to, you, you don't go looking for mm-hmm. it. There are enough, um, there are enough people who don't know Jesus, who need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we don't have to go into those places. So no. sometimes just being at work, there you go. Is, you know, just being at work, work is enough of a place mm-hmm. to find people um, who don't know Jesus and to be a light, right? Mm-hmm. So just be careful about um, you know being anxious to get uh, to go into those places. But at the same time, I'm not going to deny that um, that we are called to go into those places to be a light and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so. and a good marker for engaging if you're ready to go is knowing that I have no desire to be there. Oh, that's good. That's how I know. God sent me here because there's no appetite. There's no enticement. Right. I wouldn't be here if be there here. wasn't an invite. Yeah. And if it wasn't a friend that I really want to see. 
come out. Bro, that is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feast. You can that. steal that. I'm gonna, <laughs> nah, yes, I am gonna steal that. No copyright on Holy that Spirit was for stuff, free. right? That, yeah, no copyright on Holy Spirit stuff. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna go replay this. I'm like, ooh, that's just really good. I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. That's really good. But guys, um, so here's a scripture I want to read. Um, it is. Let's see here. Um, Second Corinthians one, starting from mm. verse three. It mm. says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God." Mm-hmm. Um, Guys, the reason I want to share that scripture is because Jeremy doesn't know this. Jeremy's a good <laughs> friend of mine. He didn't know I was going to be do. He didn't know I was going to be doing this. But um, Jeremy lost his dad um, mm-hmm. a little over two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say, bros, for real, seriously, thank you so much for coming in and doing this. In, um, you know, in such a short time. Oh, yeah. But the reason I read that scripture is because I truly believe that you being here and sharing this time with us is. I mean that that is this scripture that I just read in action, literally God is using you um, to strengthen me in this moment and to strengthen our audience. You brought comforting strength to people who are battling with holiness, battling with what it means to live out holiness in our current times. And, you know, so you may not feel that way, but the very comfort that God is comforting you with in this season of loss, you um, are already um, using to comfort others. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, but another reason I actually um, want, brought this up is I um, wanted to share this was just so that, you know, our audience would know um, to please be lifting up uh, Pastor Jeremy Taylor in prayer. It's, um, it's, no, it's, it's no easy thing to lose a father, especially a father that you're close to and was a friend. I've seen some of your posts and I can tell that you and your father were really close. So please, please, please um, be lifting uh, Pastor Jeremy Taylor in prayer. Bro, once again, thank you so much um, for joining me here. And uh, to our guests, we pray that um, this blesses you and that you guys have an amazing week. And of course, Josh would kill me if I don't remember to tell you guys to uh, to subscribe, to follow, to share. And um, also, don't forget, October 23rd is the Unpopular Conference. Um, As far as I know, it is the first ever conference on followership. We are actually going to be teaching on followership and supplying, um, you know, those in attendance with scriptural practical tools to enhance and improve their followership capacity. Um, in a culture that has become leadership saturated and leadership covetous, even though scripture teaches, right, that we are called to be followers. You know, Jesus says, the things that I do, I see the Father do. The things that I say, I hear the Father say. I do nothing of my own initiative. Jesus, first and foremost, was a follower. And it's because he was a faithful follower that he was the most effective and successful leader that has ever been right yeah. so so the the goal of the popular conference is to improve is to call us back is to call the uh, the christian community back to a followership culture and to give us the practical skills to make that happen um so we look forward to seeing you guys there october 23rd check out our website lockunited.org for more information um thanks guys and god bless bless